Chapter 8, Bloom's Taxonomy. Case of the day. A case. It was July. Richard, an intern, was excited to be starting in the emergency department. I really hope I get to intubate a patient today, he stated to his attending, Dr. French. Dr. French then asked Richard about the indications for intubation. Richard responded, When they can't breathe, you just stick the tube in. Dr. French knew that Richard was excited about the opportunity to intubate the patient, but he was unable to assess, based on his question, whether Richard truly did not understand the indications for intubation or whether he simply gave an excited response. After further questioning, he determined that Richard could recite some of the indications for intubation, but he could not adequately apply them to patient scenarios. Dr. French had seen the same situation each academic year. He knew that Richard had just completed an area workshop during intern orientation. Dr. French decided that he should review the area workshop curriculum to determine if it could be improved. Dr. French found that much of the current curriculum focused on the motor skills required for intubating and the difficult airway algorithm. Dr. French was unable to find any actual learning objectives for the current airway course. The curriculum had a didactic lecture, which revealed the indications for intubation at the beginning of the workshop. The workshop also included a multiple-choice question post-workshop test that also included questions on the indications for intubation. Dr. French knew that all the interns passed the MCQ test. Dr. French couldn't put his finger on why Richard was not performing as well as he would like. He wondered how he could revise the current airway course to produce a more skilled intern. Question for the reader. Why is Richard not performing as well as he should? Overview. Overview. Bloom's Taxonomy is a theoretical framework authored by Benjamin S. Bloom and colleagues in the 1950s as a means of organizing and classifying higher education learning objectives and assessment. It serves as one of several conceptual frameworks for the acquisition of knowledge and skills. When one discusses Bloom's Taxonomy, he or she is usually referring to the taxonomy for the original knowledge-based cognitive domain. Bloom and colleagues classified this domain into six hierarchical categories. The original cognitive taxonomy has evolved over time. Anderson proposed the following hierarchical order in 2001. Remembering, understanding, applying, analyzing, evaluating, and synthesizing slash creating. Remembering is the ability to recall facts. Understanding is demonstrating comprehension. Applying is the application of knowledge to new tasks. Analyzing is the ability to separate a concept into its components and better understand its organization and structure. Evaluating is judging the merits of an idea and its components. Synthesizing and creating means creating new structures and ideas from the parts of others that were learned. Here's some additional background on the theory. Bloom's taxonomy is not the sole work of Benjamin Bloom. It is the result of a series of higher educational conferences that focused on improving communication of and structure for educational objectives and assessments. The taxonomy established a hierarchy that included more advanced higher-order learning objectives and goals beyond the basics of understanding and remembering. The original taxonomy, published in Bloom's 1956 work, Taxonomy of Educational Objectives, included the following categories in the following order. Knowledge, Comprehension, Application, 
Analysis, Synthesis, and Evaluation. Since this original work, Bloom's colleagues, students, and others have developed several revisions of the taxonomy. As described in the overview, Anderson and Crathwall published the currently used taxonomy in 2001. In addition, both affective and psychomotor taxonomies have been added. The original working group responsible for the cognitive objectives in 1956 developed the affective and emotional hierarchical categories. The affective hierarchical taxonomy is as follows. Receiving, responding, valuing, organizing, and characterizing or internalizing. Receiving is to acknowledge and give attention to knowledge. Responding is to interact with learning environment in an appropriate manner. Valuing is to apply worth or value to specific components that are learned. Organizing is to prioritize, compare, and evaluate a topic resulting in organization. Characterizing or internalizing is the ability to use organized value systems to create a pattern of behavior. The final edition was a psychomotor objectives taxonomy. Publications from the original conference did not include this taxonomy due to a lack of focus on skills-based education. There are several published versions of psychomotor taxonomies, each differing slightly, but the taxonomy published by Simpson included the following classifications where the learner displays the following. Perception, set or emotional physical readiness, guided response, mechanism, complex overt response, adaptation, and origination. Perception is to adjust behavior in response to environmental or external cues. Set, or emotional slash physical readiness, is to demonstrate the willingness and readiness to learn. Guided response is to perform a trained response to stimuli that was often previously demonstrated for the learner. Mechanism is to perform habitual and learned responses proficiently. Complex overt response is to display expert proficiency in terms or speed or quality of task or to act with perception during performance of the quality. Adaptation is to adapt easily in specific situations because the learner has familiarity with the task. And lastly is origination, which is to create a new movement or technique. This usually occurs when learners have mastery of the task, which allows them to create new movements and create new routines, teaching programs, or designs. Haro in 1972 and Dave in 1975 also developed taxonomies for psychomotor objectives. Bloom's taxonomy is one of several frameworks to guide educators in creating learning objectives for an educational endeavor. The taxonomy provides an important framework for creating tiered objectives within the cognitive, affective, and psychomotor realms of an educational project. The focus on a hierarchy of goals supports the creation of goals for learners at different levels or evolving learners. Many publications have produced a set of action verbs associated with each level to be used when creating educational objectives. This facilitates the creation of appropriate goals for each level within a given taxonomy by using the appropriate action verbs. Modern Takes on This Theory Over time, there have been many different interpretations of the original cognitive taxonomy proposed by Bloom in 1956. Anderson and Crathwall 
published the most significant and accepted versions in 2001. Anderson was a student of Bloom's, and Crathwall was one of the authors of the original work. The key differences between the original and modern taxonomy were the revision to action verbs from nouns and the switch between the fifth and sixth objective. This revision also added a second dimension to the cognitive taxonomy with levels of knowledge in addition to the hierarchy of cognitive objectives. These levels of knowledge included factual, conceptual, procedural, and metacognitive. Likely based on the hierarchical framework of Bloom's taxonomy, Miller created a framework specifically designed for medical education clinical competency objectives, often referred to as Miller's Pyramid. This hierarchy begins with the basic objectives categorized as knows, or knowledge, and knows how, how to apply knowledge objectives, and then moves into application objectives of shows, shows how to apply knowledge and does, applies knowledge in practice. In practice-based fields, lower-level knowledge objectives are often required before higher-level application-based objectives can be attained. The pyramid keeps a focus on the overall goal of medical education, which is to create competent, practicing physicians who must function in the does domain during patient care. Here are some other examples of where this theory could apply. In addition to creating learning objectives, the Bloom's taxonomy assists in developing instructional methods, assessments, and program evaluations. Often, educators create higher-level educational goals for a course, but only assess lower-level goals. The most common scenario is the use of multiple-choice tests for student assessment. This tool functions well to assess remembering but fails to assess the higher-level goals of evaluating and synthesizing. The level of assessment should match the level of the stated goals for an educational activity. In addition to matching assessment methods for learning objectives, the Bloom's Taxonomy and Miller's Pyramid can help determine the instructional methods to be used. For instance, if one is trying to teach psychomotor skills or higher-level Miller-does skills, one should match the instructional methods accordingly. In this case, lecture or other passive learning sessions may not be appropriate. Rather, instructing and assessing with simulation or standardized patients might be more appropriate. Limitations of this theory. Many of the limitations or criticism of Bloom's taxonomy stem from the original work. Such criticisms included the lack of a separate knowledge hierarchy within the cognitive objectives. The original omission of understanding as a level of the cognitive hierarchy and the order of the hierarchy. These issues have been largely addressed by the revisions in 2001. The other main criticisms revolve around the universal adoption of objective-based learning and assessment without solid evidence behind the taxonomy. Some feel that the use of objective-based learning is an oversimplification of education programming. It prevents viewing the education program as a whole entity. Instead, it separates it into component pieces. Furthermore, Bloom describes his objectives as intended behaviors of students, which may be overly categorical. In general, the taxonomy serves as a means for creation, evaluation, 
and revision of teaching objectives in a common and defined language. Often, higher-level objectives or assessments are desired, but not feasible. In addition, many critique Bloom's original work stating that achieving lower-level learning objectives is not always necessary before achieving higher-level learning objectives. This may be true when advances in technology reduce the need for certain knowledge prior to practice. Finally, many criticize the lack of evidence behind the taxonomy. The initial taxonomy and subsequent revisions are mostly theoretical and based on expert opinion from those within the Bloom School of Thought. Though most agree that there are separate realms of motor, practice-based learning, and knowledge-based learning, there is no solid evidence to support the separate domains of the taxonomy or specific organization of the hierarchy in education and outcomes. Returning to the case. Case of the day! Dr. Fringe spoke to a colleague regarding his dilemma and was introduced to Bloom's taxonomy as a method for classifying goals and skills. Dr. French performed a needs assessment and found that the interns were lacking higher-level cognitive skills rather than psychomotor or emotional skills. Dr. French began revising the airway course curriculum. He understood that Richard's knowledge deficit lied in the higher-end cognitive domain, applying, analyzing, evaluating, and synthesizing, or in the shows or do's objectives in the Miller Pyramid of Medical Education. Therefore, he needed to create objectives and use teaching methods and assessment tools aimed at this level of learning. He first created the objective. The intern will correctly identify five clinical scenarios in which patients require endotracheal intubation. In order to teach this objective, he built on the current curriculum. He decided to keep the lecture format for the purpose of teaching the basic remembering type knowledge objectives. He then created a series of video clinical vignettes with actors. Learners were forced to decide which patients required intubation. The scenarios included vital signs, blood gas results, and any physical exam findings, radiographic information that were needed. Dr. French gave the lecture, led the residents in a small group discussion about the indications for intubation, and then challenged them with the video clinical vignettes. He knew that he also had to assess the residents' new knowledge and skills. He wanted to ensure that the residents had moved beyond the knowledge objectives and were able to apply their knowledge. The current method focused only on techniques and difficult airway scenarios. Dr. French added a few additional scenarios and altered some of the current scenarios to focus on the decision of whether to intubate. He even included some cases in which the patient should not be intubated. Finally, Dr. French created a specific assessment checklist tool for each scenario focusing on the levels of cognitive objectives, including number 1. Learner voices the specific indication for intubation, understanding, remembering. Number 2. Learner collects the proper information needed to make the decision to intubate, applying, analyzing. Number 3. Learner correctly interprets the information gathered, analyzing, evaluating, Number four, learner makes the correct decision to intubate for the correct reasons, synthesizing. After application of his new simulation-based sessions focusing on indications for intubation, Dr. French was happy to find that Richard was able to make appropriate decisions about whether to intubate a patient in the subsequent months and years. 